Welcome to The Sipping Point, where each week we explore the recipe for a delicious life. I'm your host, Lori Forrester, the wine coach, and I've made it my mission in life to demystify wine one glass at a time. So expect a fresh and fun approach to the world of wine, spirits, food, and so much more. This week, I have a co-host with me that I'm really excited about, C4 of the C4 Show, which runs on WBAL Monday through Friday, 9 to 12 p.m., 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. That's correct. I should say. (laughs) And you're here to help me. I'm here to get my taste on. And you know what our mission is today? What is that? So many of our listeners are stuck in a wine rut, and we're going to get them out of it. Are you always drinking Merlot or Cabernet? Heineken. But then that, that's why that's why I'm here for you to help you to help me get educated as to my wine selection. Well, we're going to get you out of your beer rut then and show you two affordable Spanish wines that you may never have heard of before that you're going to love and want to add to your wine rack cuz you know what? Spring is upon us and we need to just freshen everything up and that includes what you're drinking. So we're going to taste these two. We're going to talk about great food pairings and C4, I hear you have a lot of wine questions. Yes, I do. We're going to answer those too. Good. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. So every week, Chris knows on the show, Chris, hi. Well, hello there. (laughs) We're talking Spanish wine. We have the sips of the week and I have two sips of the week and the first one, which is in your glass on the left, is the Lagar de Robla and this is a wine that, get this, retails for $11.99. Wow. Robert Parker rated this 91 points. I don't know if you know Mr. Parker. He is a Maryland native and lives in Maryland, the world's most famous wine critic. We've had him on the show. Yes, I remember hearing him once. amazing. He gives us 91 points for less than $12. I want you to give it a little taste. This comes from the Castilla y León, which is the central part of Spain. It's made from a grape called Mencia which you mm. may not have heard of before. I've heard of Mind of Mencia, but... <laughs> <laughs> totally different thing here. Okay. But tends to give you a really fruity, lighter-bodied red with some good acidity. That's that pucker factor you get from wine. And this is a great food wine because if we had food, we'll have to get on that next time you come in studio, this is going to smooth out with anything that has salt or acid in it. Okay. So what do you think of it? On the I like it. C4. I like it, but as you said, it's it's a little on the acid side. It, I feel a little harsh at the end. I mean, I like it. It's good. A little, a little bit of bit, a zing. A little bit at the end. Right. A little bit at the end. Now the great spice I'm picking up in there yes, too. Yes, it's got some spice and real full fruit on the palate. Yeah. Once you take that sip, yes. you're like, whoa, I got some fruitiness. Well, the good thing about that zing that maybe you're saying, eh, little tart, is that that's going to make a really food friendly wine like Pinot Noir is. So this can go in a wide directions as far as uh, food pairings go. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. Right. The vintage on this is 2008. So it's got some nice age on it mm-hmm. for $11.99. The thing is, Spanish wines, people are kind of afraid of them. Because like you said, you're looking at this bottle and you have no idea what it is, right? Right, right. That's why people are afraid to buy it, and that's why it's such a great bargain. But that's also why you listen to your show to recommend exactly, these. To exactly, exactly. So we'll try it. So take another little sip of that, and while you are doing that, let me tell you a little bit about our next wine. While you're sipping the Mencia, it is good, by the way. It's delicious. I have a problem. Uh oh. What's the problem? Mine's empty. Woo! All right, that means she said sip. You know, okay, sorry. Well, I've, are, I've taken many sips. People are saying, I, "I don't know how I know which wine I like." Well, the dry glass is a great sign. It's there, a good Chris. indicator. That means you like this. I did wine. like that one. <laughs> it indicates something it, else too. Or but maybe we're not he's having talk a hard day. Yes. Maybe he's having a hard day. <laughs> so, Mom. C4, you were telling me 
What's your real name? Because I know C4 Clarence is not your real. Clarence M. Mitchell IV. And if you can say that three times, you get a buck. And is that where the C4 came from? You just got sick of everybody trying dinner, to stumble through all that? At the dinner table, there were three Clarences there, a Clarence Jr., a Clarence III, and a Clarence IV, and that got monotonous. So we each became different <laughs> C's. Uh, I'm very Dad good. Dad was C3, I'm C4, and Big Clarence was the other one. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So tell us a little bit about um, on the show this coming week, um, what do you got lined up? What we talk about, week. what we're talking about now, particularly with uh, the whole situation in Ukraine, is where the United States goes from here. We're looking at mm. the battle between the CIA and Senator Dianne Feinstein on whether or not the CIA took stuff from her committee or whether her committee stole stuff from the CIA. It's a lot of things going on in D.C. right now. Mm. And you know, D.C. was just rated one of the top wine drinking areas in the whole country. I thought uh, more harder drinks. D.C. and New drinks. Hampshire for some reason. Harder drinks would have been a better guess for me for Washington, <laughs> D.C. No, D.C. is all about wine, apparently. What so, about Annapolis? Um, Maryland does okay, but not to the same extent as D.C. Well, I'm thinking so, about state capitals. we got to right up the now, ante over here. Right now, we're in the middle of our legislative session, really towards the end of the legislative session in Annapolis. And we're going to talk about that, too. So I would like to know whether or not Annapolis is a good wine place. Is it a good wine place? I believe it is. Wherever there's politics... <laughs> I there's believe booze. there's good wine. <laughs> and, and wine and booze yeah. and booze. But wine is certainly over dinner more yes. than the booze is the post. And there's some very good old restaurants from Harry Brown's to Maryland. I Inn love Harry to Brown's. Rusty's some, some amazing. Old, exactly. And they have really good wines down yep. there. Have you been watching Ace of Cards? I know uh, I'm a little off here. But House of Cards? Okay. House, yeah, House of Cards. Ace there's, of Cards. There's, there's an ace in the cards. Ace of Cakes, yes. House of Cards. They're all Baltimore I've shows. I've had a tough week. I am Can not you a tell? Netflix. I'm not a Netflix person, but I have... Uh, you know, kept up a little bit with uh, good old Kevin Spacey. I binge watched that whole second season yeah. just recently. It's amazing. Intense. Great scenes of Baltimore, though, that you can, uh, and when they're in um, Fells Point, mm-hmm. yes. and you can see Bertha's muscles in the back, oh, yeah. and uh, apparently, maybe we should talk th- about this on your show sometime, they just sent a letter to the state of Maryland yes. saying that they're going to move filming if they don't get some more tax relief. I heard it that. It is a ridiculous, one of the things I did when I was in the legislature is we continued to give money to the movies. I actually met with the Maryland Film Commission, which was in my district. The benefits of that $30 million and what it means overall in Maryland is amazing. The jobs, over 6,000 jobs. We're talking about economic impact of near $100 million for a $30 million investment. It only makes sense. It totally makes sense. And they actually featured a Maryland wine from Elk Run Vineyards out in Mount Airy on House of Cards. And so we haven't even talked about the power of them doing things like that, showing Maryland, you know, uh, places, showing wines, the power of that visual. It's it's really strong. It's really strong. And I know we've gotten a little off topic. We're going to take a quick break, but we should talk more about that because as a state, we don't support our wine industry and distilling and beer as much as our neighbors like Virginia. And that's why they are on the cover of Wine Spectator and we're not. Shocking that we Maryland need that is money. abusive to businesses. It's exactly. <laughs> we'll be right back with C4 and some great affordable Spanish wines on The Sipping Point. This is Lori Forster, the wine coach with The Sipping Point, and Chris, as always, is here with me, but yeah. my co-host here. I'm here. C4. Yes. We're talking wine, politics, South by Southwest, all kinds of things. But... We just tasted our first wine, Lagar de Robla. It's a Mencia, and it's only eleven ninety nine. Ninety one points. Robert Parker from Castilla y León in Spain, in the central region of Spain. But we got 
sipping our wine, and then we started talking politics. Absolutely. Why which not? Which totally go together. So let's introduce our next wine, and then I think there's something we need to talk about as far as wine shipping that mm-hmm. is really under my skin right now. So the second wine, Anoro Vera, and it's a Garnacha. Now, Garnacha is a grape that in other countries we call Grenache. Okay. We grow it in France. We grow it in California and Australia. But in Spain, they like to call it Garnacha to keep us on our toes. <laughs> it comes from a region uh, also from north central Spain. Catalayud is the region. This is a $12.99 red <laughs> wine. I like to find affordable stuff, Chris, yeah. that we can drink every day. Sure. Because you know what? Like you said, taxes are high. We still want to drink our wine, but we can't maybe buy the $40 bottle. But we can buy these wines and drink them on a Tuesday night, Wednesday night, whatever. Buy four and of impress, these bottles. And we can impress our people and tell them they're more expensive anyway. And Well, they are because we got 9% tax on them. <laughs> there you go. Okay, give a sip. And this is the Grenache grape. Again, you're going to get a lot of good red and black fruit on the palate. But this is fuller bodied. Absolutely. A little bit more depth to it. A little bit more tannin, which is from that oak aging in the barrel. What do you think? Will I hurt anyone's feelings if I say I like this one better? Mm-mm. I do. I like I'm the offended. Vera better. <laughs> Chris <laughs> likes the other one, so he's offended. I understand. I'm going to offend him some more before the show's over. But, <laughs> but this is delicious. It just has a fuller, to me, just a fuller taste. Yep. And it does have, which Chris doesn't like, this aftertaste. It's still A little there. longer finish. Exactly. Yeah, and that's what we call finish. That's great. And sometimes we'll count how long you taste the wine in your mouth, one, two, three, four. Oh, wow. The okay. longer you taste it, the longer the finish. Okay. Typically, that means a more complex, better wine. Okay. So it's, and it has a great package, it doesn't does. it? It does. That I love label it. with the little, uh, you know, the little profile I of the gentleman on there. I could slap $40.99 right on there. Nobody <laughs> would know the difference. Exactly. <laughs> it's delicious. And so, in general, and we'll talk next segment about food and wine pairing sure. in depth, but in general, this. as the wines get bigger, your pairings and the foods you can put them more with get bigger as well. So the first one with our lighter meats and our lighter dishes, and the second one here, our garnacha with bigger stuff, Okay, meats and bigger dishes. But before we start talking food and wine pairing, yes. perfect pairings, Yes. you and I were talking in the last segment about the funding for Maryland wine, which is pretty paltry in this state. Uh, I don't even know the exact numbers, but I remember talking to my counterparts in Virginia, and we're talking million. Right. There's Hundreds real of thousands, almost million for them to promote and get Virginia wine out there on a broad national scale. We don't have anything near that. Unfortunately, in here in Maryland, the size of your support is usually gauged by your lo- lo- lobbyist in Annapolis. Mm. So um, I would simply say that because of our one-party system that we have here in Maryland, lobbyists <laughs> lobbyists dictate what you get and don't get, and that's a sad uh, thing to say. Okay. So let's check on the wine lobbyist. Yeah, we don't <laughs> have we, we we probably have one exactly. Yeah, that I know of. So part of that came up a few years ago when this whole idea of shipping wine into the state of Maryland went up, and we made we got a small win, but not a big one because here's and maybe you probably understand it too, but here's. My understanding, it is if you get a permit and pay your money to the state of Maryland, as a winery, you can send product direct to customer as long as you're not too big and you pay your permit. You can send wine to me, Lori Forrester. Actually, I have a Parker permit because I'm a wine professional, so I can get shipments of wine. Uh, But the normal consumer can get a shipment of wine direct from a winery, but they cannot get a shipment of wine direct from a retailer out of state. 
Which to me, why nuance it like that? Why, why make the distinction? Right. It's just, I, I totally agree with you. It's, it's not free capitalist society if you're going to block it. And the reason why that was a compromise was that the wholesalers and the distributors who do have a very strong no, that's different, really. lobby <laughs> were able to say, okay, we'll give up on this one small point because they know that shipment direct from winery is a small, small piece of the pie. But we're not going to allow the retailers, the retailers to ship into Maryland. But then also we're not allowing Maryland retailers to ship out of our state either. So this is a business unfriendly state. I've said it over and over again. But on it's things like wine and, you know, the movie industry, the things that make a full Maryland, you would think they would want to enhance it, that they would want to grow that. I that, totally agree. And I need another sip of my Grenache just because sip. of that. Cheers. Wait. Chris, Chris's glass is probably <laughs> empty again. but <laughs> It's getting there. Now, one of the arguments is that teenagers could go online. This kind of, you know, it's not a funny issue. Like they teenagers don't already, would go though. online and buy wine and try to, you know, use the system that way. Now, when I get shipments of wine at my house, mm-hmm. UPS will not leave them if I'm not there and right. I have to sign for them. They've never left a shipment of wine without me being there. In fact, I've had stuff have to go back because I've been traveling and what have you. Um, they're really pretty strict about it. So Absolutely. I don't see this as... It's a bogus argument. Yeah. I mean, the bottom line is if young people want to get alcohol, they can find ways to get it. I did, and I'm not going to talk about what I did when I was a teenager because I would have I to... I am shocked. ...actually censor <laughs> both of you as before I we I did left. as well. There you go. <laughs> so what I'm saying is that's no a comment. bogus excuse when you're talking about the entire industry Absolutely. and something that benefits the industry. To put it all on teenage abuse is just right. wrong. And, you know, my feeling about wine, and I'm sure I know not everybody is this way, but in Europe, wine is part of the recipe of your meal. Right. Mm -hmm. And we're going to talk about that in the next segment about food pairings and how to do that right. So people grow up from eight years old with watered down wine with their dinner Mm -hmm. and everything else. And so they see wine just as part of the dining process, not as a thing to chug or a reason to drink. It's part of the food experience, Mm -hmm. the culture. And I really think we're moving in that direction. You know, there's more work to be done, but it doesn't help when. So you wanted being, to see wine on every table? Is that I where, would love that. Is that where Laura's I would going? Love that. I would love that. All right, a lot well, of AA meetings coming up. <laughs> no, not at all. We've got wine on our table, but we're going to take a quick break right. on the sipping point. We're going to be right back to talk food pairings with C4. This is Lori Forster, the wine coach on The Sipping Point. I'm here with Chris, my producer, and C4. We're drinking great, affordable Spanish breads. I'm sipping. And I guess where I got these from. Where? I got these from Highland Wine and Spirits out in Highland, Maryland. It's part in Howard County. I don't know if you've been out there. No. But uh, my friend Barat over there is a supporter of the show, and he has a great store. It's right hi, by Barat. The, uh, hi, Barat. <laughs> it's right by the new Highland Inn. Which is a new offshoot of the Milton Inn. Do you know oh. Brian Boston, the chef over there? No, I don't. Great place. And he's got a little wine dinner coming up with my friends from Willamette Valley Vineyards in Oregon. Love Oregon Pinot. I'm a big fan. So check him out at highlandwineandspirits.com. He's got both the Lagarde de Robla. It's a Mencia. And that is $11.99 per bottle. And then he's got the Garnacha from Anoro Vera from Catadlaud. It's in the central region, $12.99. Do you love those prices? My favorite. Or what? Love those prices. Okay. So you said one of the reasons why you love listening to the show, it's it's about food pairing. It's the food pairing. Do you always have wine with your dinner? Tell me. No. I have wine on specific occasions uh, with friends and that type of thing, more socially than okay. individually. But uh, I want to know, because I do not eat beef, and I do not All eat right. pork. Okay. I'm a chicken, fowl, you know, uh, uh, I would like to know how to pair different wines with those particular 
meats. Okay. I'm not a strict vegetarian perfect. or anything like that, but I but do. But you stay away from the red meat. Exactly. Sounds like. Okay, perfect. So our first one was the Lagarde Roblo, the Mencia. It was a little bit lighter. I kind of mm-hmm. compared it to Pinot Noir. Then the second one, our Garnacha, fuller bodied, a little more grip to it, a little more um, texture, and um, some warmth from oak aging. Okay. Okay. So the first one, we want to think light foods with lighter wines, heavier foods with heavier wines. Okay. So we're thinking the lighter meats and lighter preparations, too. So that's perfect. You said you like uh, I'm a great lasagna maker. Ooh, I make lasagna. Turkey, I make turkey lasagna. See, and now you will the never turkey know the lasagna I would love with this mencia right. because tomato, and I'm assuming you got a tomato sauce yes, with absolutely. that, uh, is uh, pretty high in acidity. Okay. Now, we normally think acidity from other things like vinaigrettes and goat cheese, but tomatoes... Or fruit. Excellent. <laughs> and Excellent. they're high in acid. And this wine was lighter bodied and had that good acidity. So when you have acid in the food, you want acid in your wine. So those two are going to really smooth each other out. And because it's not a meat lasagna, mm-hmm. where I might tend to go more towards our garnacha, mm-hmm. this mencia is going to be great with the turkey because it's a lighter meat. It's okay. right. It's lower fat. You don't have as much tannin. That's that astringency you get from the red mm-hmm. wine in the Mencia, the Lagarde Robla, as you do with the Anora Ver. Well, other meals, because I'm a Mr. Mom, single dad, uh, divorced, I'm doing fine, my ex and I get along great. But anyway, one of the things... <laughs> That's good, that I, I like have to, that. I have to preface everything. But, you know, <laughs> the, the courts make me do it. But one of the things one of the things I love to fix are chicken, particularly uh, boneless, skinless chicken breasts with vegetables and rice. It's a really nice mix. Ooh, no particular sauce. What me. would be great with that? Well, I mean... I think you could almost do either of these. I was thinking that too. Yeah, you could do either of these for sure. And and that's, to me, if you're going to have some people over for dinner, I don't know if you like to have yes. dinner parties and have guests over, that's an instant party right there. So make that meal. Mm-hmm. And then, like, we have each two glasses. We know which ones are mine because they have the lipstick on them. That's true. <laughs> well, but have don't, your two... don't think I don't have lipstick too now. Yeah. I might have it in my pocket. Oh, it's a man stick. Um, <laughs> have some two glasses side by side set up for each person. Give them a little of each of the wine, and then that way you can try both with the dish okay. and see which one you like best. I like that. But this third segment of every show, Chris, what what, what do we call it? The wine sandwich. The wine Ooh. sandwich of the week, because this is the key to really figuring out food and wine pairing. And I'm going to teach you, and you're going to do I this when to. you get home. I'm ready. So here's how you make a wine sandwich. You take a sip of the wine. Mm-hmm. So like the Mencia right here. Let's mm-hmm. do it. Let's do Cheers. it. Cheers. Take a sip. Okay. Then what we would do is take a bite of your chicken, your All roast right. chicken, mm-hmm. and go back and take a sip of the mencia. All right. Okay. On the second sip, you're going to think about, hmm, how do I like that chicken and the wine? Do I like the wine even better now? Okay. So wine, food, wine. That's the wine I'm sandwich. And what you're going to see is the acidity is going to smooth right out on this wine. And you're going to go back and go, Wow. I really like that wine a lot more than I did when I was in studio with Lori. I'm liking it better because now the more I'm drinking wine. it. Yeah, right? So wine, food, wine, wine, sandwich. Then the guests are going to go do the same thing with the garnacha. Okay. Cheers. So you Salute. sip the wine, bite the food, sip the wine. And you want to swallow. Sure. <laughs> in between of all Well, those. I'm on lasagna now. I'm imagining this with yeah. some lasagna. Yeah. yeah. And you could even, um, you know, make a heartier lasagna, mm-hmm. you know, bulk it up with more vegetables, roast yes. vegetables, and then... Granache. I, like I would think it would be great to try both those dishes to do a multi-course dinner. I like that. First course lasagna, second course chicken with both these wines. You're trying to make There's a fat. dinner party right there. I'll be there. <laughs> you know what's crazy? Crashing your party, C4. I see that. I'm assuming we're getting invited. Sure you are. Absolutely. just gave me the idea, for God's sakes. But the thing that's great about that is that 
not everyone is going to agree on which of these two wines is best sure. with each of those dishes, even if you just do the chicken. And so it's a conversation piece, and you taste, you test. It's a lot like how chefs cook. Mm-hmm. They don't sit there and cook by recipes. Right. I know my husband doesn't use recipe at all. Actually, he gets mad if I make him write up his recipes because everything's, you know, they <laughs> do it on the fly. Yeah. They throw it in, they taste it, they throw it in, they taste it. The same goes for food and wine pairing. If it's a great pairing, you got to taste it. So really at times you it. would suggest that maybe two or even three wines be available with different dinners so people can test. I mean, as Absolutely. opposed to one. I love when I do wine dinners and we do several on some courses, two wines so that the ladies can see the difference of the one wine pairing versus the next. So let's see, Chris, what was the favorite red? The the first one, the Robla. The Robla. Yeah. The Lagarde Robla. Yeah. Your cheap date. It's eleven ninety nine. That's and our men see it. What was your I'm favorite? Buzzing him. Anoro Vera. <laughs> Anoro Vera was your favorite. C four the Garnacha. That's twelve ninety nine. Both are available at Highland Wine and Spirits in Highland, Maryland. C four. This has been so this much fun. We have to do this more often. Absolutely. Wine and politics go together big time. Not Annapolis, but yes, they do. And sometimes they make you want to drink, don't they, the politics here? I'm sipping now. (laughs) All right. Thank you. If you want to tune in to C4, his show is Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. And you will be a guest. Yeah, I'm going to be a guest with you very soon, and we're going to more explore, further explore wine and politics. Thank you. All right. We'll be right back with The Sipping Point. I'm Lori Forrester, The Wine Coach.